1: Budweiser's Weekday Sports Week continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Joined right now by Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. Now, my friend Bobby Hensley, who joins me a couple days a week for Rapid Fire. He's a big NFL fan, but he can't stand the NFL draft. And I know you said, you know, you don't watch a lot of NFL, but you actually watch some draft. How much draft would you say you ended up watching this weekend, Brian?
2: I had it on the entire time. Did you? Okay. Did I pay attention to every word that was said? No. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's at least on the entire time. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those nerds that like has my, spreadsheet out and i'm entering in who was the latest pick and you know all that kind of
1: stuff so yeah i'm that guy oh i'm that guy okay i see i didn't realize you were you were you know that that i've been that way
2: since i was a kid i mean i was i was a draft junkie before i mean like as he is going back as a kid so
1: you grew up you know like idolizing mel kiper jr basically is what you're saying
2: um what he did, sure. Well, yeah, I'm not. That's what I mean. You know, as my career can, choice has shown, we can all. We can, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, you know, you both have you know very distinct opinions. So you know, there's have, nothing wrong with that.
2: I have great respect for Mel Kiper and people like him. It's like I say the same thing about Tom Lemming in recruiting. I sure. I don't agree with Tom Lemming on everything, but you know what? Like he was a pioneer that opened up an entire industry for people like myself to go through. Right. Right and much love and respect. Same thing with Mel Kiper. I mean, you know, as much as I dislike the banter between him and Todd McShay, it, it's, it was odd. It's I did really see odd.
1: that tweet actually this week. Yeah, it was just—it's so
2: weird. But there was a moment where it's like almost like they were getting hammered for how bad the feedback was, so they had to have like this love fest the, uh-huh. and the late in the thing. And it was like, you know, the only true thing Todd McShay's ever said uh, was, you know, Mel, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here, and it's very right. true. I mean, you know, maybe someone else would have come along and started it and whatever, but I mean, it wasn't. It was Mel. And I have have great respect for, for him in that regard.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out trade coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And for Irish Breakdown listeners, right now Trade Coffee is offering up to $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and start your journey to perfect cup that's drinktradecom forward slash Irish for $20
1: off your first three bags because when you are a pioneer you're going to take some hits just like the whole you know we played when the draft started last week the infamous Bill Tobin you know who the hell is Mel Kuyper and all that stuff when he ripped him for for you know the 94 draft you know look yeah Mel Kuyper wasn't a guy who had any real connections to the NFL. But he had a passion for, for doing that. And, you know, like everything that has come, like there weren't all these mock drafts going on when Mel Kuyper started right. up. You know, so there's there's a lot, you know, that that whole industry has come a long way since Mel Kuyper kind of, you know, put his own neck and reputation out there and kind of got, got the ball rolling with it. And, and wasn't it over Trev Albert? It was. Trev Albert so, and Trent Dilfer.
2: Yep. So uh, it looks like... Uh, it looks like uh,
1: Mel was right. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly that's right. Why he's,
2: that's why he's employed. And Bill Tobin is not.
1: Yeah, and then a few years later, job. Bill Tobin is gone. Bring, you know, bring in Bill Polian. He drafts right. Peyton. You know, and then he had a big right. choice to make: Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf. And as you right. know, as someone who's followed it, like that was not. You know, that was split right down the middle in in terms of who, you know, who thought who about, you know, or who thought what about who. Yeah, I'd argue if you
2: look at the national analysts that there were more people leaning towards Ryan Leaf than Peyton Manning, if I remember back then. So, you know, look, it's easy to look hindsight and be like, oh, hey, but that's what I respect about Mel. And that's what I I try to do with with what I do is I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to have takes. I think they're going to win this game. I think this guy's going to be a good player. I think this guy's going to be good or not good. And I'm going to be wrong, but I respect people that are willing to put their opinions out there to be judged. Yeah. And because especially now on Twitter, it's like, no, you know, people screenshot, save things Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. Just hoping for that moment that you're wrong about something. And, you know, but I don't care. It's, It's fun what I do. And if you don't believe in what you're saying, then you probably shouldn't be saying it.
1: There you go. He's Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com. He's you know you, he's always got a message board. You can find him on Twitter. You know, so if you want to go at him, you know I'm where accessible. to find him. That's right. Very I'm accessible. accessible. <laughs> That's right. They do a mailbag every week for that That's matter. Right. So, That's right. So live mailbag. Well, uh, you know, I definitely thought, and I think you and I agreed on this. We definitely agreed on this. Kevin Austin would have benefited greatly from coming back for another year. But I also thought he would have at least been drafted instead of yeah. ending up a free agent signed so what do you think of where Kevin Austin was you know is now in the whole situation he went through over the weekend
2: well you know it's it's unfortunate that he didn't get drafted but at the same time he got a $250,000 guarantee from the Jacksonville Jaguars and and so he clearly was coveted it was one of the bigger deals that any of the non-drafted free agents got but in the reality is he missed out on a lot of money yeah right I mean if he would have been a third round pick a year from now, he could have got some NIL cash at Notre Dame the next year and then gone out and maybe let's say he's just a fourth round pick. Well a fourth round pick is gonna make a whole lot more than an undrafted free agent making, you know, four million dollars or I mean two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Right. And so yeah, he he took he he bet on himself, but it was in my opinion the wrong bet for a, a host of reasons including the fact that this year's draft class was three times bigger than last year because there were so many kids that took advantage of the extra COVID years the last two years, that there's just so many more kids in the draft class. And, and when you've got as many you know, red flags as Kevin had on f- film and off the field, true. it's just this wasn't the year to, to have that many check marks against you.
1: Yeah. Can you think – of I was kind of racking my brain. Can you think of a bigger miscalculation in recent years by a Notre Dame player like this
2: I mean the first one that obviously pops in my head is Darius Walker I mean that's the one that always kind of pops in my head but yeah I I just as I think recently of guys that that had a year and should have I mean you could say like okay Kyron Williams but I think Kyron still made the right decision yeah it's it's not like he came back next year he's going to go run a 4-4 at the combine right I mean he is what he is and I and I don't know if there's anything to be to be gained by him coming back Kevin had a lot to gain and and you know he, he made the wrong decision, and he had some people. I mean, his agents, Drew Rosenhaus, like mm. uh, that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Is just like okay, there's a lot of people that miscalculated on Kevin
1: Austin's draft yeah.
2: status because I don't think Drew Rosenhaus is signing someone he thinks is going to be a you know a late round
1: undrafted free agent at this point. Time. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, just like you said. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's that's a nice you know little sign, but it's big difference from being a a guy who was drafted one and two. Two hundred fifty thousand bucks. He could come back and make that in nil next year and sure. get better and go higher in next year's draft. Sure. So sure. I just wonder if part
2: of it was just Kevin just didn't want to. I mean, there's the injury risk of injury, right? And does he? He's got just his degree. He's does gone he want to? Yeah. I, you know, somebody said like he didn't really want to go to, through school again. I don't know I don't know where he was. He was a four-year player. I would assume that he was on pace to graduate. And if he wasn't on pace to graduate, then that explains why he didn't come back either because you can't get a fifth year at Notre Dame if you're not on pace to graduate on time, which I think is a little weird. But, uh, yeah, it's my understanding of the rules. So, end of the day, whatever the reasons were, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. And, you know, I hope he's focused on – like somebody asked me, do you think he regrets it? And I said, I hope not. I hope that he's not worried about it. I hope. He's like, yeah, hey, you know what? Use this as fuel, you know, chip on your shoulder. And yeah, but then also hear the reasons why you didn't get picked and, and use those as say, hey, okay, it's not just about me having, like Kyron Williams can have a chip on his shoulder, right? He wasn't picked till the fifth round because he's too small. He's not fast enough. Like things, you can have a legitimate chip on your shoulder for Kevin. It's like, well, you got suspended for a year. You, you were a terrible route runner. You couldn't get off the line of scrimmage against press. Like there's nothing Kyron Williams could have come back next year and improved upon. He's already a really good player. With Kevin, it's about, like, dude, you got to take your craft seriously. And if you're willing to do that, you can have a very long career in the National Football League. Sure. Because if you look at that Jacksonville Jaguars depth chart, take away where he was drafted, he's got a golden opportunity in front of him to play with a great, talented quarterback in in Trevor Lawrence and and a a receiver depth chart that outside of LaVisca Chenault is kind of eh. You know, so if he can get his head on straight, put in the work, he's got a chance to turn that undrafted free agent situation into a, hey, where'd this guy come from conversation in a couple years.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDIC.
1: What'd you think of uh, Jack Cohn signing with Indianapolis? He looks looks like maybe a, a good shot, to, you know, to make a roster down there. To me, sure. I mean, you, you look at the two guys
2: behind him. I mean, James Morgan. I, I, I don't think there's any question that, that that he'll have a chance to beat out james morgan who was a fourth round draft pick guy by the jets i think a couple years ago which was <laughs> a little questionable and sam Erlinger is a, loved him as a college quarterback really fun college quarterback but i i don't know if he's got the arm the one concern you have about jack Cohn is okay he doesn't have a great great arm well mm-hmm. i think he's got a little stronger arm than sam erlinger and it's and sam was a six-round pick last year so it's not like the colts have invested a ton of money into him so at the end of the day it's going to be hey whoever proves himself to be the best guy is going to get the job there's not like a a big you know big chunk of guaranteed money they gave to some first round draft pick a year ago that if uh, jack cone comes in and outplays him that guy's still going to be on my my backup quarterback because we we gave him a 30 million dollar guaranteed contract or something like that right i mean that's that's the thing. So I think it's a great situation. Frank Reich, I think, is a really good quarterback's mind. I think Scott Turner's system is one that fits Jack's ability quite well. And look, two of their last three quarterbacks have been Phillip Rivers and Matt Ryan, so they're clearly not too concerned about mobility from the quarterback position, right? Uh, which I also think fits Jack. They, they want to get the ball out quick, someone who can make quick decisions, get the ball out quickly and accurately, is what they're looking
1: for. And hey, guess what? That fits Jack Cohn to a T. Yeah, you know, and I just played a clip from Frank Reich at the at the end of the first segment where he was asked about these new picks and do they have a chance to compete for jobs? And he basically said, you know, we're not we don't go into a, a season basically with a depth chart. It's everything is best man right. gets the job. And like you look at the fact that they just drafted Jacob Eason a couple of years ago high in a higher round than they did Ellinger, and Ellinger is the guy still on the you know on the. The roster now, I I think that tells you Jack Coon's going to get a fair shake down there. Right. At the end of the day in the NFL, you know what they care more about than being proven
2: right about the draft pick here and there is job security.
1: The good Mm -hmm. ones. The best way
2: to keep your job (laughs) – exactly. And the best way to – and I think Frank Reich is. He's a professional. He played the game. He was a backup quarterback. I think he understands the value in having a dependable backup quarterback. And, and he's going to understand, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to keep my job because we win or lose football games. And I don't care if you were a second-round pick, third-round pick, sixth-round pick, or undrafted. If you give us a better chance to win football games, if I can count on you if my starting quarterback gets hurt more than I can count on that guy, I don't really care where you're picked. And if anything, mm-hmm. in this era of big contracts being handed out to people, and they got a big contract for Quentin Nelson, some other people, then, then there becomes some of these late-round draft pick guys and undrafted free agent guys like, look, I can save myself some money having a Jack Cohn compared to a veteran quarterback who I still got to pay a million and a half dollars. Yeah. So there's, there's those types of decisions too. But at the end of the day, who gives me the best chance to win football games? And that's who the good – as you said, the good coaches
1: are making their decisions based off that, not, gee, I got to prove that my draft pick was correct. Yeah. Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown com. I saw you were doing a little um, you know, projecting toward next year in terms of the draft in Notre Dame, guys. Let me, let me ask you this. Over the next, let's say, two years, how many first-round picks do you think this Irish team ends up with? They have a chance for at least five. And, and I was thinking right it, it, in that range, four to
2: five. Yeah, and, and part of it depends on who comes out early. You know, I mean, my five. So I've seen mock drafts already come out that have four guys going in the first round next year. And obviously, Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, Jarrett Patterson, and and uh, Brandon Joseph, yeah, all been mocked in first rounds at different points in time. And then you talk about okay, let's just assume they all come out and three of them go in the first round. Well, that doesn't include like a breakout from Cam Hart that type of thing. Well, then you look at the next year and you start looking at you know potential breakouts. You know if O'Reilly Mills can break out. But I'm more along the lines thinking Blake Fisher and and Joe Alt who, as I've written about at Irish Breakdown, Notre Dame needs to start recruiting as if they're not going to have them beyond the 2023 season. Now, if you do, great. But you need to be prepared to not have them because they're that good and they're going to have that much experience by the end of the 2023 season. I could see one or both of them coming out and being a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that number's going to jump. And the reason we did that, we always do sort of a post-draft thing, but the reason we took that angle is because we had a lot of people like, hey – is it, is it bad for Notre Dame that they only had two guys picked? And I'm like, no, it's not, because most of their best players are coming back. I mean, that's the thing is of, when you look at the impact players, the only two impact players they, that they really lost, like this guy was just a, a really difference maker, was Kyron Williams and Kyle Hamilton. Now, Kevin Austin could have been, right, but Kevin Austin disappeared in some big games this year, which yeah. is the reason he should have come back. Your difference makers were Kyron and Kyle, and you lost them. One of them only played half the year anyway. You know, if Fosky would have come out, he'd have got picked. Jason Adam Yola would have got picked. Jarrett Patterson would have got picked. Cam Hart would have got picked. Now, they might not get picked as high, but they would have got picked. And so the draft class could have been bigger, but a lot of these kids wanted to compete for a championship. They wanted to improve their draft stock. And I think there's a lot of faith in Coach Freeman. That that I've talked to different people that if if Coach Freeman wasn't here, maybe we might have made a different decision, which led to you know if Coach He stands not here, maybe if I not if you know so there's a lot of things that have factored into it and there's a and that's why there's a lot of excitement in this football team of these kids thinking like hey I didn't just come back to improve my draft stock that's part of it but we got we got some a mission we're trying to accomplish and if they accomplish it then then there's there's going to be even more guys drafted. I mean, you had Georgia getting their third string tight end getting drafted. That If they lose in the semifinal game to to, to Michigan, they, they don't have 15 guys picked this weekend. That's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Same thing with LSU a couple years ago. I mean, you know, it's just NFL does that. I don't understand why. They put a lot of hype <laughs> on the SEC, which I understand to a degree. But as I pointed out in the message board post, if you look at the all-pro team last year, there were more Big Ten plus Notre Dame players in the All Pro teams than there were SEC plus
1: ACC. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I said this, and I was in a business lunch today, and I said, you know, think of all the Alabama players that have been taken in the first round of the last f- fifteen years. How many of them become stars in the NFL? And he can only really name two: Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. I said, so well, now do the same thing for Notre Dame, and it's three: Harrison Smith, Zach Martin, and Quentin Nelson. So a lot of these guys from Alabama have been good players, but they've been they haven't been where you think they should be based on where they were drafted. And sometimes the whole is better than the parts. If you catch my drift, sure, sure,
1: I get you. All right, I've got this last question. I probably should have asked this first because we're gonna. So it's I don't often sympathize with uh, Pat Narduzzi at Pittsburgh, but this whole thing with Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, it still hasn't been announced that he is definitely transferring. But all this stuff came up over the, over the weekend. You know, possible transfer to USC. And the reason is a rumored $3 bucks in NIL. And just, I, I, you know, what, what, do you, what do you make of this whole thing? I'm with you. I don't often f- side
2: with of Pat Narduzzi, but I hope <laughs> that Pat Narduzzi fights this to the T. I mean, the kid's not in the portal, and he's out in L.A. negotiating. And they say, well, it's not the USC coaches directly. doesn't matter. The rules of portal are very clear. You cannot have parties external to you but that are working on your behalf, talking to parties that aren't the kid but are related in some way. So you can't have a booster calling the kid's high school coach or mom or aunt or uncle. Those are clearly against the rules. And, and if the NCAA doesn't step up and do something, then they might as well just say, hey, look, let's be honest. There are no transfer portal rules. Because if this isn't a violation, then nothing is going to be done. Yeah. And you're you're going to put Nebraska on probation because they had an analyst that was coaching on the team on special teams. Right? That's what you're going to put Nebraska on probation for. But this blatant cheating that's going on at USC and, and Texas A&M and Tennessee, you're not going to do anything about then why do we have an NCAA at that point in time? Yep. I hope Pat Narduzzi fights this, and I hope if, they don't do, if the NCAA doesn't do anything about it that he gets real belligerent about it, and I will have his back. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, <laughs> but I will have Pat Narduzzi's back on that because it is disgusting at this point in time. Yeah. And I have no problem with Jordan Addison getting his money, but do it the right way. You're yeah. clearly cheating. This is clear tampering. There are rules about this, and they're flaunting it. They're like, we know the is not going to do anything, so why do we care? Yeah. And it disgusts me.
1: All he had to do is put his name in the portal. Then you can talk to whoever you want. Basically. That's right. So it's, it's That's amazing. Right.